Great to see you guys. Thanks for being here today. I want to say a quick hello to all of our campuses. Thanks for being a part of our services today. Let's also give it up for our God Behind Bars guys real quick. We love you. Appreciate you guys. We are actually expanding into more prisons as well. How cool is that? We get to do that. And so we're going into more prisons as well. And so I love that. And so we're just continuing to take the gospel further and tell more and more people about Jesus. So it's really great. So we love you guys. So proud of you. Thanks for all that you guys do. Thanks for being a part of our services today. And so today we're talking about when the world is against you. When you feel like everything is coming against you, what do you do when everything falls apart at the same time? You ever felt that way? It's like, man, when it all goes bad, it goes bad at once, right? It just seems like you're coming and getting attacked from all angles today. And so if that's you today, then this message is for you. Now, before we get started, pull out your notes. And while you do that, let's say our mission statement together. First of all, what are we here to do as a church? To take as many people to heaven as we can before we die period. That's what we're all about here at Church Unlimited. Again, thanks for being a part of our services today. Now, the story we're talking about today, we started last week. It's about the Apostle Paul, how he would go from town to town preaching the gospel, telling people about Jesus. And he would oftentimes get in trouble in the town because you got to remember in their day and age, the government and religion were mixed together. Okay. So basically, if you didn't believe how they believed, they would jail you. They would throw you in jail or even kill you. There are certain places still in the Middle East where this happens because of their belief systems. They believe, if you don't believe like I do, then we'll just take away your freedom. We'll take your family. We'll tax you, whatever they want to do. And so, well, in, in Paul's day and age, he was preaching about Jesus and the Jewish synagogue and the government did not like this at all. He was saying, hey, I know you're waiting for a Messiah. I think you already came. His name is Jesus. And so this made them mad. This incited riots. So basically, last week we heard that he got thrown in prison when he went to face the high council, when they were going to basically argue him down, he divided the whole place up because it was Pharisees and Sadducees. If you missed it, I would encourage you to get the message uh, from last week. But, but I will tell you what happens is that while he's in prison, he gets the clearest vision from God on what his next step is, which is to go to Rome, to take Jesus to Rome. Rome was like the Hollywood or New York of their day. It was, it was the city of influence that influenced the whole world. It was the, it was the London, the Beijing. It was like the place to go. And so he wanted to go to Rome and tell people about Jesus at the highest levels. Of, that's where all the philosophers, even to this day, the philosophers that we study to this day in school, are typically from Rome, okay? That was where it all kind of went down. So he wanted to go to Rome, take the gospel there. Well, the next move he made was critical. The next step was critical. And typically, right after God gives you your clearest vision is when everything seems to fall apart. We think, oh, once I have this clarity, everything's going to come together. Actually, when everything comes together is when it falls apart. In other words, when you get a clear vision from God is when you get under attack. So let's pick up the scripture now. He's in prison. He's in jail. God speaks to him, Paul, once you go to Rome, look what happens next. The next morning, look what happens, verse 12 of Acts chapter 23. The next morning, a group of Jews got together and bound themselves with an oath not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. Wow. Isn't that funny how the devil can twist anything, even fasting, which is a good thing? He's now going to have people fast until they kill someone. This is incredible, right? And so no Lunchables till Paul's dead. Okay, so... It says, there were more than 40 of them in the conspiracy. Please underline the word 40. We're going to talk about that in a minute. 40 people wanted to kill Paul. I mean, listen, you know, I may have had a bad day or two while preaching. I've never had 40 people want to kill me. I mean, that's, that's a pretty bad message right there, right? It's, it goes on to say, they went to the leading priests and elders and told them, we have, we have bound ourselves with an oath to eat nothing until we have killed Paul. So you and the high council should ask the commander to bring Paul back to the council again. Pretend you want to examine his case more fully. We will kill him on the way. 
See, the problems come in our lives on the way to something, right? On the way to greatness, on the way to our dream, on the way to the altar, on the way to the promotion, on the way to getting married, on the way to college, on the way to whatever it is that we want. That's when the problems come in. And so they want to attack them at this point. So the first thing I want to tell you, if you feel like you're getting hit by all angles, if you feel like everything's coming against you, that would be because it is. So number one is this. There is a conspiracy to destroy you and your potential. The conspiracy is real. In the spiritual realm, there's all kinds of attack going on to take you out. If you feel like everything bad happens at once, it seems like the whole world kind of comes against you and everything seems to crumble. All, it's, it's like all hell breaks loose at the office and at home at the same time. It's like, you know, you suddenly have financial problems and you're depressed. It's like everything seems to attack you at once. Anyone can relate to what I'm talking about right now? If you feel like it's coming at you from all angles, that's because what happened was once you know what you're about and what God's called you to do, and you begin to take a step in that direction, you get double teamed. When you get double teamed, that means you're getting it from all angles and the enemy's trying to stop you. Now, some of you right now are like, I don't understand that. I've never really had that. Well, I can explain that. If you've never felt like you've been double teamed by the devil, let me explain that. Basically, what that means is you're screwing up your life so well, he doesn't need to get involved. <laughs> that's what that means. So I just, I hate to break it to you. Like, that's not really a good sign. I mean, like, you're like, I, I never really had the devil attack me. That's because he's like, oh, you know what? You can do stupid all by yourself. <laughs> So there's no reason for the devil to get involved. So how many can, can relate to that? You're like, I can screw up my own life. I don't need any help. Thank you very much. I'm pretty good at it, right? And so I, I get that. I've done that a time or two myself as well. But when you begin to really go in the direction God's leading you to go, you will get attacked. Because what happens is you showed up on the devil's radar all of a sudden. He's like, who's this little bing, bing? Hey, who's that? Who, what, well, who's this guy? Who's this girl thinks she is? She thinks she's a child of God. He thinks she's, he's a child of God. They're trying to do something great for, 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 for the Lord. We need to double team them. We need to get after them. We need to go after them and attack them. And so that's exactly what happens at this point. Paul gets his clear vision from God. Go to Rome, take the gospel there. And the devil's like, oh, no, I cannot let that happen because Rome is the center of influence. We cannot let Paul do that. So we need to double team. We need to attack him. Let's, get, let, let's incite a riot. Let's get 40 people all together that all, all have one thing in common. Let's kill Paul. Now, by the way, did I mention that all 40 of these people consider themselves God's representatives? These people were on the high council. Isn't it funny how people who claim to be religious and claim to love God can hurt you deeply? Have you learned that yet? Let me save you a little time if you don't know this. Just because they say they're a Christian does not mean that you should be in relationships with them. Just because they say they're a Christian doesn't mean you should do business with them. Just because they say they love God does not mean you should trust them. And so I just want to encourage you, trust but verify. And so, you know, we have people that apply for jobs at our church. We have 60 to 70 employees here. And I will tell you that I have learned that someone can be a pastor, have a spiritual resume like you wouldn't believe, and still stab you in the back and still be a terrible employee, still be a terrible leader, still be someone you do not want in your staff. I've learned, I don't just call references, I call references about the references. <laughs> we do. We go about three deep, and once, once we call them, because everyone puts the three names of the people that like them on their resume, we all know that. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if the references don't like you, you're a complete idiot. What are you doing? <laughs> of course your references like you, right? You're like, thank you, I'm glad you really like this person, but since you're their mom, now I'd like to talk to someone else. <laughs> So you got to get past those references and get the real references right. So this is what I learned to do. Call the former employer even if they don't list them. Call them. 
Find out. Would you hire him again, right? Then I like to say, who, who else would they work with? Oh, well, they work with a guy named Bob. Would you have Bob's number? Can I have Bob's number? They didn't give me that Bob's number, but I'm going to get Bob's number. Find out what he thinks and find out what she thinks and, and just keep going. And then when you're about three deep and it all is good, okay, then you're good. I'm just telling you right now. Well, let me just say right now, if I was dating, I'm, I'm far from single. But if I were single, I would just tell you right now, I would only date someone who was serving in a large church, large meaning more than 80 people. And here's what I mean by that. That means that typically they're going to go through a background check. I mean, can we just acknowledge that in 2017, there's some crazy people out there? And so I'm just telling you that maybe God's using my words to protect you right now. Because if you have a check on your spirit about someone, listen to that. Listen to your gut. Unless you're in open rebellion to God, your gut's right. Did you catch that? Let me say that again. Unless you're in open rebellion to God, your gut is right. So when something in you says, I don't know about that person, listen. And if you're married, men, and your spouse says it, listen. That's a big deal. Man, my wife is scary right. How many men know what I'm talking about? You're like, man, I hate to admit it. This is painful. I know. It's hard to admit it. Come on, we can admit it. They're closer to Jesus than us. It's okay. Go ahead and admit it. It's true. They know. They get it. And so I'm telling you, when Jessica said, I don't know, man, I'm always like, oh, Jessica. And then like six weeks later, I'm like, dang, I should have listened to that. She was dead on accurate every time. It's crazy. I'm telling you, listen to your gut. Listen to those closest to you. God is protecting you. Paul was, was going to the high council. These are supposed to be religious men. These are supposed to be godly men. And yet they were in on the plot to kill him. Wow. The deepest wounds I've ever taken have been from other believers. So do not think for a second just because they're a Christian that they can't hurt you. I'm just telling you right now, I got some bug flying around. What's going on here? I'm like... He looks crazy. I'm like, what? <laughs> Sorry, I'm under attack here. Okay. <laughs> Mosquitoes are attacking me or something. There's a conspiracy to destroy you and your potential. You need to know that that is reality. And so maybe you're facing this right now in the office. Maybe you're facing it at home. Maybe you're facing it uh, you know, in your social circles. You're like, I can't put my finger up. I just don't trust this person. You probably need to listen to that. That gut instinct you have, I think that's a good thing to listen to that. Maybe go directly to them. I always recommend that. Just go straight to them. I love Jesus' approach. Hey, Judas, you're about to betray me, aren't you? He's like, uh, what? <laughs> I love the direct approach. Just, just call them out. Just say, hey, what's going on? I, I've got a gut feeling here. What's going on? There's something more I need to know about what's happening. And just, and just address it directly. I think it's a great call. But there was a conspiracy to destroy you and your potential, just like there's a, a conspiracy to destroy Paul. Listen, let me tell you why. In case you're thinking, they just don't like me. No, the enemy doesn't like your agenda. If you become about Jesus, then you immediately become about the enemy's worst nightmare, and he wants to attack you. You just got to know that going in. I don't talk about this a lot, but I will just tell you that, that one of the things that I have to face sometimes in my life, not all the time, but sometimes there's a lot of uh, persecution. And, and I, don't, I use that word, that's really not even the right word, because persecution is insulting for me to say that when I live in America with the kind of freedom I have, because real persecution is like Christians in the Middle East, like the Coptic believers that are getting blown up, just trying to go worship God on a Sunday. I mean, that, that's real persecution. So my stuff is stupid small, you know. I mean, we say persecution because someone writes something about us on Facebook. It's dumb. But the reality is that you, you will get some, some attacks if you begin to honor God. In fact, when you take bold steps for the, for the Lord is when, is when it happens. I remember when we were building the building, the, uh, the campus I'm at. Uh, we have 11 campuses watching, but, but at the campus I'm at that I preached from, when we were building this facility, it was like a big step for our church. And I'll never forget, like, the year before it was complete, like, we, it, was, it was halfway done, we're getting closer and closer and closer, there was a lot of miracles, but at the same time, there's a lot of miraculous gifts and, and, you know, a lot of emphasis in prayer, and God was really doing some great stuff, but at the same time, 
my family was under major attack. We, we, we had uh, death threats towards me, towards my children. Uh, we had someone shot a bullet through our church. Uh, we had, uh, within a week of that, uh, the back window of my car was, was, was blown out. We don't know what that was from. We didn't find a bullet, but I guess it could have been a rock, but someone must have really been aiming. Uh, I mean, uh, it was crazy. And you can say, oh, all that stuff is coincidence. Uh, yeah, but it all happened at the same time. And when all that happens at the same time, it, it, it's hard to deny that. It, it was just crazy. We had, we had a real psycho person that was after us. We had to get the police involved. It was crazy stuff. All this is going on, and I realized that was just the enemy attacking us. So the one thing that the enemy wants, wanted me to do was just to get scared, nervous, or get off my game. And I just kept preaching Jesus, 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 and it got us right through it. you got to stay on your game. you got to stay on your game. And so you got to know that there's an enemy that wants to attack you. Look what happens next, verse 20. Paul's nephew told him, some Jews are going to ask you to bring Paul before the high council tomorrow. He's actually, the nephew went to... Uh, one of the commanding officers, and the commanding officers... Actually, the, the nephew goes to Paul, Paul goes to the commanding officer. Anyways, Paul's nephew told him, some Jews are going to ask you to bring Paul before the high council tomorrow, pretending they want to get some information, but don't do it. There, there are more than 40 men hiding along the way, ready to ambush him. They have vowed not to eat or drink anything until they have killed him. They are ready now, waiting uh, for your consent. Don't let anyone know you told me this, the commander warned the young man. So basically, the, the nephew of Paul, we don't know if he was 10 20 or 30 years old. We have no idea, but we know that he was a nephew of Paul. He's on the outside, and he hears on the street the plan to kill Paul. So he's like, i got to get this message to Uncle Paul. So he goes to him, goes to the commanding officer. He's like, can you, can you give a message to Paul? Ends up getting it to Paul. Paul's like, all right, thank you for telling me this. He goes to the commanding officer. We need to do something. You need to know about this. The commanding officer, the guy basically who's watching the, the prison for him, is like, okay, I can't let this happen to my watch. Let me tell you why the commanding officer couldn't let Paul die. The rules, this is how it worked in their day. If you were a jailer, if you protected people that were in prison, if they died or escaped on your watch, you went to jail in their place. So trust me, you were not going to let anything happen to whoever you were watching. Okay? He did not want that. So he's like, oh, no, this didn't happen to my watch. I'm going to watch this guy. I'm going to protect him, make sure no one hurts him. Okay? And so they had due process. Due process comes out, not out of our laws. It comes out of Rome. I don't know if you knew that, but that's, it comes out of Jewish and Roman law. Is how we get our laws to this day. That's called due process. That's where we get it. So they were like, oh, no, you're not killing him. Now, if he deserves to die, then the process will, will, will show that, but not until then. Okay? And so they protect him. So one guy hears the truth on what they're trying to do to Paul. I got great news for you. There is a mole in your enemy's camp. God always puts a mole in your enemy's camp to protect you. What does this mean? Number two. You are one key relationship away from everything changing. You are one key relationship away. In Paul's case, his nephew just saved his life. You know, he's like, man, I love Junior. He just saved my life. I'm so thankful for my brother or sister's son, right? And so he protected Paul. God will allow someone in your life to help you. If you're bound, if you are in a prison, if you're in bondage in some area of your life, Quit asking why. We all, this is what we do. We go to God, why God, why me, right? Or we say, what do I need to do next? Those aren't bad questions, but there's a more important question instead of saying why God or what, ask who. Who, God, do I need to go talk to? Who around me can help me? Who, God, have you placed in my life that has inside information that will help me escape my situation? Now, a couple, a couple of things on this. You may want to write some notes on this. One of the first things you look for is someone that you know who has been where you are and is now free of it. So if you're in debt, who do you know that was in a lot of debt that's now free of their debt? 
If you have a major marriage problem, who do you know that has a healthy marriage that used to have a bad marriage? It, it was a big mess and they turned the marriage around. If you are starting a business and it's going bad, it's, it, it looks like you're about to close the business, go talk to someone who has a successful business and say, what did you do differently, right? And this is very important, okay? If you're in bondage and you're talking to someone who used to be in bondage, they're no longer in bondage, they're no longer in that prison, okay? So you're, you're struggling with drugs, okay? You're addicted to some kind of substance, and you go talk to someone who is no longer addicted to substance. They're free from that, right? They were addicted, now they're free. They're a recovering alcoholic. They're no longer an alcoholic. They're a recovering drug addict. They're no longer a drug addict, right? And so when you talk to them, and they tell you, this is what I did to get out of it, and you disagree with them on one point, always go with their side. Because remember, you're disagreeing from the side of being imprisoned by it. They're in disagreement with you from the side of freedom. Which side should you listen to? This is the problem that we make. You have your own business that's failing, not going well, and you talk to someone who's got a successful business, and say, well, this is how I do it, and you go, well, I don't agree with that. Well, then you're going to continue to fail. <laughs> because you can sit there and disagree with them, but they're succeeding, so maybe you should listen to them. Like, they got out of what you're stuck in, and so always listen to the person on the right side of the bars. And so if you're in the bondage still, if you're the one stuck, you may want to listen to the person who got unstuck. So the nephew on the outside says, I got inside information that can protect you. So you need the inside information. You don't need a miracle. You just need to know the insider steps to get out of whatever you are stuck in. Does that help you today? So right now, with a pen in your hand, would you write down, all campuses right now, somewhere in the back row at Rodfield right now, I want you to pull out your pen and write down the name of someone you know who's been where you are that got out of it. Just, just list someone off. You're like, I know someone who had a bad marriage, and their marriage is turned around. I know someone who was far from God, they're close to God now. I know someone who is depressed, and they're happy now. I can tell. There's a difference in life. I know someone who is fat, now they're skinny. Someone who is, <laughs> right? Whatever it is you're trying to get out of, right? Just write it down like, I, I, I want help in this area. I, I need help. And so whatever that area is, find someone who has the freedom already and then get the inside information from them. You are one key relationship from everything changing in your situation. Look what happens next. Then the commander called two of his officers and ordered, get 200 soldiers ready to leave for Caesarea at 9 o'clock tonight. So when Paul heard there was a problem, and he goes to the commander, and the commander realizes a problem, how long did the commander wait to take action? He didn't. He immediately took action. So when is the right time to work on your freedom? Now, quit waiting. Quit putting it off. It is foolish to think that your situation is going to get better waiting another day. Oh, I know I got a real bad debt problem, but I don't want to call my creditors. I'll just wait. What do you think happens with your debt if you wait? You get deeper into it. It gets worse. What do you think happens to a bad marriage if you wait? Well, I, well maybe one day we'll go to counseling. It's just going to get worse. Go now. Like quit putting off, if you, if you find yourself, the, the moment you finally say I'm addicted to a substance is actually the day you admitted it and everyone else around you already knows that. So you're already deeper in than you think. And so now is the time because you're just going to get deeper and deeper and deeper into it and the substance is going to get harder and harder and harder to get off of. So now is the time. If you're depressed, the moment you realize that you can't get out of your depression, you're like, I've tried this, I've tried that, I read three books on it, I went to counseling, I don't know what to do. If it's that serious... You need to go see a doctor now. Don't put it off. You start having suicidal thoughts. You're already way too late in the game. You need to hurry up, right? Before it goes way deeper, stop now. Get help me. What I'm trying to tell you is quit putting off the help that you need to get right 
now. This is God speaking to you right now. We're putting it off. Now is the time to get help. It's not too late. Don't think it's too late. It's never too late with God. He can turn any situation around, but you need to use time to your advantage. And so start now. And by the way, remember this. You didn't get stuck overnight. You're not going to get out overnight. Okay? So be faithful and just trust the Lord. But listen, you're gonna, you really want to make advances fast? You need insider information. That's what happened for Paul. Okay? Get the insider information. So that's important. So the commander does what? He says, get 200 soldiers, get ready to leave tonight. Then he says, also take 200 more spearmen and 70 mounted troops. So we got 200 soldiers, 200 spearmen, and 70 mounted troops. How many people we have? 470, right? 200 soldiers. We got 200 uh, mounted troops, spearmen, excuse me, uh, and then 70 mounted, mounted troops means run horses. Okay, so we got 470. Why is that significant? How many people were against Paul? How many people wanted to kill him? 40. Now, how many soldiers do we have? 470. So God is saying this to you today. There is a conspiracy against you, right? 40 people against you, right? God says, if there's 40 people, then I'm bringing 470 for you. Here's what that means. 400 over the 470 means God's going to give you 10 times the resources on your side that are against you in the spiritual realm, plus 70. 70 is 7 times 10. 7 is perfection, 10 is completion. God says, I'm going to give you 10 times the resources, and it will be perfect and complete. Everything you need to succeed, you will have it. There's a conspiracy on your side. Isn't it good to know that? And so what does this mean for you and me? Number three, it means your faithfulness creates a conspiracy of help in the spiritual realm. Your faithfulness creates a conspiracy of help in the spiritual realm. Paul thought he was in prison, but actually he was in God's gated community. What's a gated community? A gated community is where no one can just roll up on your house, right? They have to get permission. They got to know the code or know someone at the front of the gate to get in. Anything bad that comes your way, God has it first at the gated community. And the Lord does allow at times evil to come in. But you got to know that God knew what was coming, which means he will prepare you for it. And so just know that there is a God who loves you and protects you. And so whatever you are facing, you have the strength and the power to overcome it. God does not cause evil, but evil does happen sometimes. But know this, everything that comes our way first has to go through our loving Father's hands, which means that he will give you the strength to overcome it. Isn't that good to know that? That you have his power on your side. Doesn't mean it's always good. Doesn't mean that accidents don't happen or bad things happen. They do happen. Life is real and bad things happen, but God is still good. And he is there for you to support you, to encourage you, and to help you. And he will give you 10 times the strength to overcome it. Look what happens next. I think this is interesting. Acts chapter 23, verse 23. It says, this is a, this is a letter that the, uh, the commander wrote to the governor. It says, from Claudius Lysias to his excellency, Governor Felix. Greetings. This man was seized by some Jews, and they were about to kill him when I arrived with the troops. When I learned that he was a Roman citizen, I removed him to safety. Then I took him to their high council to try to learn the basis of the accusations against him. I soon discovered the charge was something regarding the religious law, certainly nothing worthy of imprisonment or death. But when I was informed of a plot to kill him, I immediately sent him on to you. I have told his accusers to bring their charges before you. So he writes this letter. Now, he's not writing this letter just to protect Paul. I wish it was that easy, but it's not. Is it? It, people are complicated. Have you learned that yet? So let me tell you something about people. People do things not just for you, but they do things for themselves. Okay? And so why is he writing this letter? It's not really just 
to tell you what I'm doing. That Hey, governor, here's why Paul's with you. He's saying, hey, governor, here's why I sent this guy on to you, and I want you to know why all the troops are involved. What he's saying is, since all these troops are on your payroll, I want you to know why I've enlisted all of them to protect this guy. He's a Roman citizen. So what he's saying is, I know you care about Rome, and this guy's a Roman citizen. This is the same kind of care we take when we just found out. In fact, I think it was just, just either this morning or yesterday, there's another American that's now hostage to North Korea. That's a big deal to us. Why? Because they're an American. And so we want to protect our own. And so basically, he's writing a letter saying, hey, I know Rome's a big deal. This guy named Paul, he's a Roman citizen. So I just didn't want him to get killed on my watch. I know Rome is a big deal, so I'm sending him to you. They're accusing him of all these crimes. They sound religious to me. I'll let you sort it out, governor. So now Paul goes all the way to Rome. What this tells me is that Paul just got a personalized escort from 470 people that were supposed to be his enemies. God is so good, he will cause your enemy to finance your advancement. How amazing is that? He will cause your enemy to finance your advancement. What does this mean? Number three, your faithfulness creates a conspiracy of help in the spiritual realm. There is a greater conspiracy for you. I've heard uh, teachers say something like this. Business teachers have said this, and I think it's it's a brilliant thought. They've, they've said, I've, I've seen this written by a lot of uh, authors. I like to read a lot of old books, by the way. I, don't, I read some new books too, but I like a lot of old, old, old stuff like 1920s, 1900s. I like some, some of the old literature. And this is a popular thing that was, that was written in the older literature uh, that was very popular back in the day. And, and one of the phrases is this. They say that any adversity you have inside of your adversity is the seed of an equivalent benefit. Isn't that great? Inside of your adversity is the seed of an equivalent benefit. But I slightly disagree. I believe as Christians, inside our adversity, is the seed of a greater benefit. Because God's not trying to be fair to you. He's giving you an eye favor that's better than fair. Does that make sense? You're one of God's kids. You're special. And so he wants to give you a benefit inside of your adversity. So in other words, when the devil hits you with 40 men, God's like, no problem. I'm going to hit him back with 470 just to protect you, just to look out for you. If you'll just stay faithful to God, he is on your side. And here's the crux of the whole message. It comes down to this one point. Here it is. Acts chapter 23, verse 31 says this. So that night, as ordered, the soldiers took Paul as far as Antipatris. They returned to the fortress the next morning while, they mount, while the mounted troops took him on to Caesarea. When they arrived in Caesarea, they presented Paul and the letter to the governor Felix. He read it and then asked Paul what province he was was from. Cilicia, Paul answered. So by the way, Cilicia is where uh, the mob's from. So Paul was like, street. Anyway, so. (laughs) I will hear your case myself when your accusers arrive, the governor told him. Then the governor ordered him kept in the prison at Herod's headquarters. So he goes straight to the governor there. So he goes from a local skirmish to the governor Then he's now in Herod's court, the king, and he ultimately ends up in front of Caesar, which is like the head dude. Caesar was like, at one point, Caesar was over half the world. This guy was a very, very powerful leader. Acts 25, let's just fast forward. It says, Festus conferred with his advisors and then replied, Very well, you have appealed to Caesar, and to Caesar you will go. Paul goes from a local skirmish, a local mess, to the state level, to the national level, to the world stage. It's incredible. What does that mean for you and me today? Here's what that means. Number four, an unfair attack is God's delivery vehicle to your next level. An unfair attack 
It's God's delivery vehicle to your next level. Something that's unfair to you delivers you to your next level. The unfair breakup you went through is delivering you to the right person. The unfair layoff or firing is delivering you to the right job or to the business you're going to start. An unfair situation with someone you trusted is delivering you to someone you really can trust. Does that make sense? Some of you were in an unfair situation in a church that delivered you to this church because God knew you needed to be here. Does that make sense? So an unfair situation delivers you to where you're supposed to be. And so God says, I'm going to let you get into a mess. So to save your own life, you have to scream out, I'm a Roman citizen, which is going to automatically deliver you to Rome, which is where I want you to go anyways. So God's going to get you where you're supposed to go. God is so good, he'll use your enemies to help you. That's how good he is. Now, let me leave you this, with this concluding thought. Let me help you how to explain point number four in a much simpler way that you'll never forget it. You ready for this? Please write this down. You'll never forget this. Here, here's how this works. You ready? New levels equals new devils. New levels equals new devils. If you're like, man, I feel like I'm getting attacked at a higher level, that's because you're about to go to the next level. When the attack seems ridiculous, when you're like, this isn't even, this isn't even fair, you're going to the next level. You want to see unfair attack? Run for president. You'll see unfair attack. You're like, this is ridiculous. They're making stuff up now, right? Run for president. Pick the side of the aisle you like. Unfair attack happens. Why? The job's that big. It's such a big job that people will make stuff up to keep you from having it. You got to know that there's an enemy that will make stuff up on you. What you do is that important. Well, Pastor, to be honest, I didn't come to church for a while because I heard some stuff about you and the church. Isn't it? You think that's surprising me? You think I didn't know about that? If you want to take your ministry to the next level, you got to know there's going to be haters. They drink Haterade all day long. You can't worry about that stuff. Stay on your game. And you can't, you can't go. I heard a preacher one time. He was talking, I, I, this really amazing preacher I love. And I listen to him all the time. He was talking about how this person went, sat down with another preacher and was like, you know, Pastor, I, I know I didn't like you. But he said, but you know, I was listening to you. I think you're all right. I mean, the preacher said to him, he said, how's that changed anything for me? <laughs> you didn't like me, now you like me. That doesn't change anything for me. No offense, but so? What he was saying was, stay on your game. God's calling cannot be revoked because of someone's opinion. If you're standing in God's calling, nothing can stop you. Paul was told by God to go to Rome, and he was going to use his enemies to get him there if he had to, and he did. There is, listen, when God wants to promote you, no man can get in your way when God has a plan for your life. You just stay the course. You follow God. You do exactly what God told you to do, and he will direct your path. He will lead you. You, you have your marching orders. You follow. I'm fired up now. Someone in here you to hear this. You need to follow God right now. Let me tell you something about it. You need to stand to your feet right now. You need to get up and stand to your feet and listen to your marching orders right now because God is speaking to me right now, and he's telling you that he will come directly to you. He will show up at your jail cell, and he will speak to you. He has a message for you. He wants you to know he will deliver you. He has something for you specifically. You listen to him, and he's got your back. He's coming for you. He loves you. as a plan for your life. He knows what's going on. You need to trust the Lord.
God has a plan for your life. He knows about you. Yeah, Alice, Texas, he knows you're back on the third row talking to you right now. He's talking to you right now in Rockport. He's speaking to you. He's coming for you because he knows he has a plan for your life and nothing can stand in the way. Don't you dare get discouraged. Don't you dare let the enemy stop you. Don't you dare let people mount an attack against you. You know you have the resources of God behind you. You stay the course. God told me to tell you, you stay faithful today. God has a plan for your life. Don't you back off. Don't you back down. You do what God told you to do. Father, I thank you. God, I thank you that your spirit is here. Thank you, God. Your presence is thick right now at all of our campuses. God, we just love you. We thank you that you're speaking to us, God. Thank you, Lord, that you're with us. Thank you, Lord, that this attack is not meant to stop us. It's meant to propel us forward. Thank you, God, that, Lord, we know new devils just means new levels, new opportunities. So, Lord, we just trust in you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God is speaking right now. I know he is. He's coming for you. He says, I love you. Don't you stop. Don't you get discouraged. Don't you give up. Don't you quit. Don't you quit, young lady. God has a plan for your life. Don't you quit. Don't you give up, young man. God has a plan for your life. God has something bigger for you. Yeah, they may have rejected you, but God didn't reject you. God has a plan for your life. He's not done with you. He's got a plan for you. Don't you quit. Don't you quit. God's got big things for you. Don't you back down. You receive this as it's from the Lord because it is. This is from God. I'm not that good. This is from God. You receive it from the Lord. He's speaking to you today. He's got plans for your life. He's got something bigger for you. It's so big, it'll freak you out when you get the full picture. It's so big. You have so much more in you. Don't you quit. Don't you give in. You're bigger than your situation. No jail cell can hold you back. God has big things for you. Receive it. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, you never trusted Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. Now is your moment. The Bible says today is the day of your salvation. Would you receive him now? Would you receive Jesus, what he's done for you at the cross? He died on the cross to pay the price for your sins and for mine. Then he rose again. He waits for you to receive him. We're going to pray this prayer together. For those who have never prayed, you can receive Christ right now. Would you pray this prayer with us? You can say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. You paid the price for my sins, and you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. I repent of my sins. I will follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.